Welcome back to Humans of Purpose, where we bring you weekly conversations with purpose-driven leaders. Our focus is to share meaningful conversations with purpose-driven people having a big social impact in our community. Our mission is to enable you to listen, connect, and grow. You can learn more at humansofpurpose.com.au. What we really see is that a whole new world of what's possible opens up for them. Because, um, you know, along the way, they come up against so much. They come up against so many barriers, beliefs, challenges um, on this on this journey to preparing for a marathon. And literally until the last day, until they actually cross the finish line, there's never a certainty that you will actually make it. And it's also this living with uncertainty of, you know, like I can't control the outcome, but I'm going to give my best that I possibly can here. Welcome back to the podcast. And it is great to have you with us as always. Well, I'm particularly excited about today's uh, podcast. It's the first time I've ever done a Skype podcast where I connect with the founders of Mountains and Marathons, uh, Jamin Heppel and Jen Ziegner, who are in Mauritius, where I actually was at the end of last year. So put your hands up right now if you know where Mauritius is or you know someone who's been to Mauritius because you're a rarity. What Jamin and Jen have been able to do together in establishing this um, extraordinary uh, travel experience and growth journey is, is quite remarkable in a short amount of time. And um, you'll hear a bit more about that in the podcast, as well as some of the challenges of personal growth, development, um, the intricate link between sport and personal growth, and also um, how to push beyond our own personal limitations to achieve that next phase of growth in our career journey. So as you might have noticed, uh, Mountains and Marathons are a sponsor of the podcast and have really uh, been great uh, fans of Humans of Purpose from day one. So a quick thank you to them. Later in the podcast, you'll hear Jamin mention a very special exclusive offer to Humans of Purpose listeners. If you are keen to embark on the upcoming Honolulu Marathon Challenge and uh, spend some time in sunny Hawaii, you can head there for 8th of July and the, the wonderful team will actually cover the cost of your flights to and from valued at $1,500 Australian to get to that program and to help smash through those barriers in your personal and career journey. So to learn more about that, I suggest you head to mountainsandmarathons.world slash Honolulu. Just complete the inquiry form at the bottom of the page and in the where did you hear about us section, just type humans of purpose to claim that reward. As always, I want to send a special thank you and shout out to our, our Patreon supporters, Misha D and wife, Joel F, Stuart M and McCartan. Your ongoing support uh, each month has been tremendous for humans of purpose and helps us grow and perform each and every week. If you're loving the show and looking for a way to become a bit more involved, I do recommend also joining that great team and becoming a patron. Just head to patreon.com slash humans of purpose. And by doing so, I'll thank you each week, but also give you priority access to all offers, competitions, and partner opportunities via guests and brands that connect with the podcast. So we are live, uh, direct to Mauritius and back to Melbourne. Very excited to have Jamin and Jen with me on the podcast, the founders of Mountains and Marathons. Welcome to the pod, guys. Thanks, Thanks Mike. Mike. Super excited to be here. Thanks for having us. This for me is like a hilarious conversation because, um, Jamin, when we first spoke, we talked about, um, you said to me, have you ever heard of a place called Mauritius and you, you're definitely expecting me to say no and then I said to you oh I was just in Mauritius in December and uh we had a good laugh because <laughs> how obscure a place can someone a group of people from Melbourne be to and we've both never met anyone who'd also been to Mauritius which was kind of cool <laughs> 
Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a beautiful country, but I've always kind of got to give it a bit of a place in the world. Like, you know, it's smack bang in the middle of the Indian Ocean. And then, Mike, you're like, yeah, yeah, I was, I was there for Christmas. And I'm like, <laughs> of course you were. Where, where else would you be for Christmas? <laughs> I love that. I love that. And, and um, you found probably a very small uh, island nation. You found the only co-work space, I believe, in the country where the, the internet is looks like it's better than Silicon Valley speed. So that's exciting too. Yeah, there's, there's very few of them here, um, but Island Internet prohibited us to have this podcast from our home base here, so we're glad we found this one. <laughs> Guys, I'm, I'm really excited to chat with you. Obviously, I know you from back home, but would love for you to take me into your story a little bit, and maybe, Jamin, if you can go first, and just take me into your a bit of your journey personally and how you thought to come up with Mountains and Marathons. Yeah, Mike. So I suppose for me, it, it, it all really begins with the nature of my upbringing. So as a kid growing up in Lean Gatha, which is a little country town about an hour and a half southeast of Melbourne, I grew up in a really sporty family. And as the eldest of three boys, I naturally uh, I naturally was very competitive, um, but also gravitated more towards leadership roles. And that kind of thread of sport and leadership was a passion of mine all the way through until I was school captain in year 12, and that was where I had a bit of a pivotal turning point in my life when I was invited onto a leadership development program ran by YMCA Victoria, which was a six-day leadership retreat facilitated by 12 passionate young volunteers committed to supporting young people to be the best they can be. And I remember coming off the back of that six-day experience going, you know what, what you guys created for me, that's what I want to do for other people. And so I was very fortunate at the age of 17 to have that bit of a kind of an awakening, um, which then naturally led me to going, cool, I think I want to build something one day. But mum and dad are like, you know, follow the follow the, the path before you go down and go to and study university. And so naturally they said, I said, mum and dad, what should I study? And they're like, go and study physiotherapy because you've already had six major knee surgeries and you know what rehabilitation is all about. I'm like, that sounds like a great idea. So I went and studied science at the University of Melbourne. 18 months into that degree, I found myself incredibly frustrated because there was all of this interesting theory but no practical application. So I went to a careers expo and discovered that personal training was my calling. So I went and did a personal training course. Six months later, I found myself incredibly frustrated because the quality of the education was so poor I was like any wonder there's all these myths in the fitness industry uh, I need to I need to do something about that so I put my hand up to become a coach uh, at the at the institute which then really fast tracked my journey into facilitation and coaching and teaching and so I ended up working with over 3,000 personal trainers in that year and all the whilst I was working full-time in my only ever first full-time job uh, I was kind of conspiring this idea of building an organisation centred around leveraging the power of sport for social change. And that ended up becoming Game Changers Australia, which then transpired into building another organisation called The Man Cave, which works with boys and young men and developing social-emotional intelligence and resilience. And that was in partnership with my best mate, Hunter Johnson. And uh, this sort of like sent me on a journey of working with a lot of young people across different different states and territories around Australia and ultimately had me stepping further and further into leadership development and, and working with young adults. And in the middle, really, I think the, the, the pitiful point when Mountains and Marathons come about was actually when everything seemed to be going amazing on the surface and, and looking in, outwards in, it looked incredible. 
but the truth was on the inside in the middle of 2016 I was really battling with burnout and my experience of that was high levels of anxiety really struggling to see a vision you know literally more than two days ahead of my my current state and um, yeah I found myself just really asking the question why am I in this place and really if I'm the creator of my current state and everything that I've done in the past why don't I create something different and so that was when I asked myself the question, if I could be doing anything in the world right now, what would I be doing? And within five minutes, the answer came to me. and It was I would be running marathons and climbing mountains all over the world. And so I was like, that's it. That's very powerful. And I think um, what I like about that is the connection between sport, physical movement, goal setting and progress. And it seems to me that, you know, you've always seen those things as very intertwined. And then to add the analogy and also the reality of mountains and marathons, it's um, – it's evocative and it makes a lot of sense to me. Um, on that, um, have you always sort of – why do you think it is maybe is a better question that there is such a link between sport and physical progress and achievement and sort of leadership or personal development? Yeah, I mean, I think that my experience and what I've observed in, in other people growing up is – Sport and physical challenge is both a way of revealing character and cultivating character. And in, in it doesn't matter what sport it is, but at some point you will be tested, whether that's physically, mentally, emotionally, all three at once. There's something that the physical challenge really calls. It calls for a deepening of, of resilience and a development of character uh, simply to, to progress and, and, and evolve in whichever sport you're choosing to undertake. And naturally what Jen and I have found with mountains and marathons is it really does call for that um, as if you've never done a marathon before, it is, yeah. it, it's a long way and it really <laughs> does call for parts of yourself that you haven't tapped into before. <laughs> Jen, let me bring you in here because I'm fascinated a bit to hear a bit more about your story. Obviously, I'd met you in Melbourne uh, a couple of years ago and, and we connected. How do you fit into this mar- mountains and marathons journey? Because I know at that time you were um, getting into your, uh, I want to say, earlier stages of your athletic career or running a lot more and training a lot more. Talk to me about those early days and where it's led to for you. Yeah, for sure. So just to give you a little bit of the backstory, um, I grew up in Germany originally, and in the last eight years, really lived in a range of different countries around the world, studying, working, so between Cuba and Spain and New Zealand. Um, My undergraduate and graduate education was mainly in business and strategy and innovation, and that's really what about somewhere along this path, about six years ago it was, that I got introduced to the world of social enterprise and social change and leveraging business for that and basically fell in love with it immediately. And since then worked in the social business, social enterprise sector, supporting businesses in a whole bunch of different capacities and different roles um, for these last six years. And as you just mentioned, um, Mike, that's also how we met because three and a half years ago, um, I moved to Australia to to pursue that same path, um, work with different organizations there, back then with Impact Investing Australia. And um, my work included a lot of working with businesses and also in these different roles, a lot of mentoring and a lot of community building. And what that played into was that I always had had this fascination of personal growth and personal development and really looking at what, what actually has people not just like kill it in their careers, but really be fulfilled at a deeper level. And um, even going a little bit further back on my 24th 
on my 24th birthday at midnight, I remember I was back home at that stage, um, staying at my dad's place for a little bit. And it was at midnight on my birthday that I saw this ad for um, a coaching training by Robbins Madonna's training, which is um, the official training school from Tony Robbins. And back then I had no idea what I was going to do with it, but I was just so inspired by it because I have been following Tony Robbins for so long that I just jumped on it straight away. I didn't have the money. And I was like, I'm going to figure this out somehow. I really want to do this. And then over the next years, I brought my coaching skills into different different roles that I had while I was working in the social impact space, started, slowly started coaching friends here and there, um, but basically didn't work um, as a full-time coach for, for the next years. And then... I met Jamin. You want to take the story a little bit from there? <laughs> <laughs> then, then we met, and by this stage, I had already decided that I was going to be leaving the country and going on this journey, epic journey of running a marathon and climbing mountains on every continent. Uh, and whether there was space for a partner on that journey or not was to be <laughs> determined. But naturally, as our relationship evolved, I shared with Jenna said, "Hey, listen, I've got this vision." And um, yeah. And? Yeah, and, and I thought it was a terrible idea <laughs> because, you know, Jamin just shared about all his, like, all his athletic background and growing up in a family and in a community that really valued sport. And for me, it was the exact opposite. Like, I came from a small town, from a family where sport was never encouraged. I didn't do any sport. I was always, like, kind of the chubby kid with the worst grades on my on my resume at the end of the year, always was in sports. Um, Except and so, watching the motocross. You watched the motocross. <laughs> yeah, we watched a lot of sport in my family, but we didn't we didn't do much of it. <laughs> and so at this stage, I was like climbing a, mar- uh, climbing a mountain, running a marathon on different continents. Sounds like a bad idea because it sounds like James going to go somewhere where I'm not going to go. And that's not where I see our relationship going. Mm. And so it was a few weeks after that, um, a few weeks after Jamin shared this for the first time with me that I did a, a self-development leadership program myself and really helped me see how I had created this whole identity for the last like 26 years at this stage of my life of someone who couldn't amount to anything that's worth it physically and couldn't do anything right physically. And that in me sparked this question of who do I have to become? Like if I was to go out there and climb mountains and run marathons, which is something that I would never have had the internal inspiration to do without the external inspiration from Jamin, like who would I have to become? And that was really what the curiosity was all about, even beyond, you know, the epicness of the events and being able to say you ran a marathon and all this. And what we knew at this stage, um, so basically that night I came home and I said to Jamin, Jamin, we're going to do this together. <laughs> I love it. And I was like, I was like, Great. So you mean like you're going to come along and, and support, or you're going to cut? You're going to come and like run these marathons and climb them out? And she's like, No, no, I'll be running. And I'm like, Okay. So how far have you ran before? And she's like, I think five k's is my max. <laughs> <laughs> so that must have been about the time that we met, Mike. <laughs> well, I just remember, so, you, you know, you you were very uh, you you were very like talking a lot about running, and you were in the active wear, so I knew something was going on, and I hadn't put all the pieces together, but. Um, what, what I will say, pulling apart of a couple of comments that you made, I think it's so interesting, you know, the stories that we tell ourselves about who we are and what we can do. Um, and it seems to me that like a lot of both of your kind of training and progress and learning in, in this area has been there are these subconscious stories about who we think we are and it's mm-hmm. about unpacking them and maybe um, reformulating ourselves uh, for the future self we want to be rather than clinging to the past a bit. 
Absolutely, Mike. And I mean, if we if we sort of translate the conversation into a lot of the work that we do inside of mountains and marathons and the kinds of people who join us on our six-month journeys, six-month leadership development journeys that, that culminate in running a marathon or climbing a mountain, um, a lot of a lot of our members have never they've never done a marathon before they've never climbed a mountain and also are feeling quite stuck in some areas of their life and as you've just as you've just named a lot of that stuckness is actually um, the result of a number of disempowering stories and limiting beliefs that have been uh, nurtured and fostered or created over time that then ultimately lead to the kinds of results that we're getting in the current moment and so yeah again jen and i have focused a lot on calling out where our own limiting beliefs are and where we're holding ourselves back which then gives us um i guess a deeper perspective and an ability to see where others are doing the same thing and then supporting them to let literally like let go of those disempowering stories to enable new possibilities to be available so let me let me ask this two ways. What, what happens to a person when they decide to set an ambitious goal to just say run a marathon and then they do it? What happens to their sense of self? And then I'll ask what has happened to some of the people who have been able to do that in your program and how do they, how do they feel and what's changed for them? Mm, mm, love that question. I <laughs> um, think of all what we can, what we really see is that a whole new world of what's possible opens up for them because um you know along the way they come up against so much they come up against so many barriers beliefs challenges um on this on this journey to preparing for a marathon and literally until the last day until they actually cross the finish line there's never certainty that you will actually make it and it's also this living with uncertainty of you know like i can't control the outcome but i'm going to give my best that i possibly can here um to give myself the best shot and in the end, I'm here because I've achieved this thing that I thought never was possible. And so why would it not be for all the other things I thought in my life? Unpossible. Plus, um, throughout the program, it's obviously not just about the physical transformation, about the physical journey, but it's also about the, the personal leadership coaching, which means that we already work with them in so many different areas, whatever it is that they want to work on in their career transition, in their health, we transform their relationships. So it's not even just like the physical achievement of having run the marathon or having climbed the mountain, but there are so many other areas in their lives where they will have opened up a whole bunch of new things that are now possible. I think if I was to build on what Jen was just saying, the the nature of preparing oneself to climb a mountain or to run a marathon, it demands a level of commitment and discipline over an extended period of time. Like I would not recommend showing up at the start line of a marathon without having done the work <laughs> to be there. And that's really, I think, you know, inside inside mountains and marathons, a lot of the celebration of what has been accomplished for our members in all areas of their life actually takes place at the start line of the run because for them simply to be there and and have that inner sense of, of pride and confidence that no matter what happens today, there's, a, there's something for me to be proud of here. That's really where the that's really where the gold lies inside of our programs, and then really, you know, you go and grind out forty two point two k's, and then a few high fives, hugs, and a nice pizza at the end. But the, it, it's actually the journey and getting to that start line 
that where, where the growth really comes from and the marathon simply serves as a bit of a sadistic graduation. <laughs> well, it makes a lot of sense to me when we think about, um, you know, the tests that we set for ourselves and what will we have to overcome to be able to make something. Like the best analogy I have in my life is kind of like entrepreneurship and, um, you know, even the podcast. Like you start something off um, and you, you don't know what to do or how to do it. But if you have a belief that um, you'll keep improving and you'll get there over time and you set the right goals around it, I mean, I remember very much when I was in New York and I said to my wife, um, when we get back to Melbourne, I'm going to start a consulting practice and a podcast. And she just, she had the same look, Jen, that you probably gave to Jamin and said, I'm out of here. I'm not sure initially if I can do this. But, um, you know, sure enough, you come back, you build something and you keep working at it. And I think there's a discipline and focus that when, when people look from the outside at things like this, and probably, Jamin, you might have experienced this with both your businesses um, and, Jen, in your um, senior roles in, in impact investment, you know, they don't know how you do it, so they think it's impossible, but it's really mm. the small incremental steps along the way. 100%. Like, the nature of any form of transformation or building anything extraordinary is it starts with a vision, and getting connected with some kind of unrealized possibility. And then the next step is literally taking like taking the step into the abyss, like into the unknown. I think a lot of things that hold people back from really pursuing the things that light them up or the, the, the possibility of the business or the health transformation or uh, stepping into the new relationship is that fear of the unknown. And, you know, our, um, our critter brain just wants to see, like, step by step by step, here's how you're going to achieve success. The truth is it never looks like, even if you think you know the steps, it doesn't look that way. And really a lot of the growth inside taking on a marathon or starting a business or transforming relationships, it, it, it's the growth comes from what you discover on the journey along the way once you've taken that courageous step to say yes. And that's when, you know, when people are curious about Mountains and Marathons programs, they're like, they're, they're really going, so how are you going to facilitate these outcomes for me? Yeah. <laughs> and, we're like, and, and we go, listen, we could sit and we could share you like conversation by conversation, the process we're going to take you through. But either way, it's going to require a leap of faith from you. Yeah to actually stand for something that you're inspired by on the other side. And then the rest yeah. is going to work itself out. Yeah. And sometimes that, that other side is actually not even, it's not even so clear what that looks like for our members because, you know, some of them, some of them may be like the entrepreneur wanting to take things to the next level, fulfilling on their grand vision. But often it's people who have this kind of stuckness and they go, you know what, I know there's more out there. I know there's more I can be. I know there's more I can do. But right now with where my mind's at, I don't even know what that is. Mm. So a lot of what we focus on in the first weeks is really getting some clarity on who our members really are at their core. Mm. Like what are your core values? What's most important to you? Where is there misalignment in your life? You know, you may have slipped into your job 20 years ago and kind of still hang out there. Mm. And so um, – and then on this journey over the six months, we create what the next stage of life looks like. We create what their vision really is and then guide them towards that. But not everybody actually comes into the program knowing that. Often it's just a knowing of I want something else than what this is right now. 
I think the theme of stuckness keeps coming up more and more, um, not just in my conversations, but in what I see at workplaces, um, observing different people in their lives. I think we have a real um, pandemic of stuckness. Um, and I'm not sure whether it's just around that kind of that 30, 35, 40 mark. I see it at all stages now where humans yeah. kind of hit these um, drop-off points in their life where something needs to change. And maybe uh, what's really interesting for me about this is using exercise and goal setting as a way to stimulate that change or open up that space. Yeah, well, I think even expanding that, Mike, it's actually it's actually getting connected to a goal that kind of scares the shit out of you and, yep. and, con- and kind of stepping into that which is, you know, confronting to even bring that to reality. And, you know, I think even Jen's a great example of this, having been someone who only ever ran five kilometres and has now since ran four marathons and is training for her fifth. Like, that was never going to happen. <laughs> and even, you know, Jen, you know, 18 months ago, how are you going to do this? I don't know. Well, Jen, I mean, that's a great example. What's that? What, how does that make you feel and kind of how has that kind of shaped the way you feel as a person knowing that you've done that? Um, you might never mm-hmm. have done that before. Has that changed the way that um, you see the world and opportunity? Yeah, it, it absolutely does. And for me, it's just for me, it's just one example of, of like all these other areas that have opened up for me in life where I've just gone, okay, like where are these other limiting beliefs? Where have I made up? these stories and these identities about who I am. But really one of the key things that I took away from stepping into this is um, running a marathon or climbing mountains um, would not have been something that I myself would have come up with from my model of the world. It wouldn't have been something that inspired me, but I allowed I allowed um, external inspiration to come in and go, you know what, it's actually – it's actually interesting to just do something that I wouldn't have come up with myself. Mm. So I feel like we're sometimes very attached to doing the thing, doing the thing that we come up with and that feels right for us in the first moment. Um, but I actually, I nearly feel like there's so much out there that we wouldn't try because it's just not the way that we've conditioned our brains and our minds to work. So it's like, how, what if I step into new things that I wouldn't traditionally come up with? And I feel like it's actually the same for quite a few of our members. You know, they get connected to transformation and running a marathon may originally not have been on their, on their bucket list. For some it has and for some it hasn't. But then there's like the Facebook ad or someone talking about it and it pops up in their lives and they go, hmm, I wonder. I love that. I wonder. That's, that's special. Let me ask um, – Two of the sort of things that you described there, both of you in your own stories, is the people who look at you and say, oh, wow, that's crazy, you know, what you're thinking of doing or what your next step is. That must be a fairly common thing. I know I faced a lot of it and still do about the way I live my life and some of the things I do. And, um, you know, you guys are doing amazing things. I would say some world-changing work in how you're um, crafting what you're doing and your previous work, um, Jamin too, and you too, Jen. Um, how have you kind of reconciled that with sort of a big part of who am I is what do people who know me say or how do they react to my crazy ideas? I mean, yeah, if I was to speak to that, Mike, um, you know, a lot of people can look at, what Jen and I look at Jen and I and look at our life and go, geez, aren't you lucky? Like, aren't you lucky to be doing what you're doing? And 
I receive that and I and I and I understand where that comes from. But the truth is we have like we have put ourselves through the absolute ringer and back again to be able to be in this place. And the reason why I share that is we're, we are incredibly proud of what we've created and what we're creating. And inside of what we've been through to have built mountains and marathons to this current place is we know what is possible for other people. And I think coming back to your point of stuckness and how there's a bit of a you know pandemic of, of this idea of like people feeling stuck mm. is, is you kind of, people, are, uh, they struggle to see the gap, but they struggle to see the, the, the story or the narrative between where we were because we're in the middle of burnout. I was stuck. Like the idea of being in any other place, I was, I was literally scared that I was going to be no other way, but I knew that I didn't want to remain that way. So I was like, I need to stand for some other possibility. And so people see where they like where they are now and where we are, or other, you know other people who are you know even on way greater levels of success than we are or you are, Mike, and go, well, that's 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 not me. I could never be that. But the the truth is, inside of stuckness, just getting connected to a whole new possibility and then being willing to go on some kind of journey to discover what that takes to get out of your level of stuckness, that is literally where the growth begins where the growth and freedom comes. Mm. And so, um, yeah, as far as, like, reconciling uh, the where we are now and relative to where we were and what people say from back home, I think, you know, a lot of people get connected to how extraordinary the travel adventure has been for Jen and I, having been on the road for over 12 months now. Um, but the truth is, like, so much of our adventure has actually been inside of building the business. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and I think sharing... Just sharing the the ups and the downs has people get connected to kind of the humility that has that, that mm. that's been present across the last sort of eighteen months as we've as we've been building this. Mm. Do you think that the the opposite of stuckness is meeting? Mm. Or might it be connection? Hmm. Mate, I missed the question. Sorry, I'll say again. Uh, I was just wondering about stuckness, and if you think yeah. about what of what is the opposite of stuckness, would it be meaning or connection or purpose? Uh, yeah, gotcha. I, I my honest belief is that the only reason why stuckness occurs is because people aren't listening to their higher truth. Yeah. And their core values. And if you really, if you really stop and listen, truth, like truth, is there. You know, you actually know what to do. The question is, do you have the depth of courage to acknowledge, to not only acknowledge the truth, but then take action on the truth? And yeah. those who deny that inner knowingness end up stuck. Yeah, it's actually alignment. You know, alignment. If you, if what do you do and who you are and the way you build and cultivate your relationships and the way you design your career um, and the contribution you're making in the world, if that is all aligned with with truth and with who you really are and with your core values, then there's still ups and downs as as they are for us. But you won't be stuck. Stuck is stuck is misalignment. That's right. Yeah. And and one of the reasons, Mike, where at this stage, we don't have the intention of partnering with businesses 
um, or corporates to, to facilitate mountains and marathons leadership programs is because a number of anyone who joins our program, one of our core focuses is having them really discern what is their truth and what are their core values, what's in alignment and what's not, and then give them the, the safety and the skill set and the courage to take the actions to transition their life to be in alignment. And the truth is a lot of people hate their job. <laughs> and so, you know, we do find a lot of people transition careers inside of our programs because they recognise that what they're doing isn't actually truly aligned with who they want to be and the kind of difference they want to make in the world. And so naturally we don't want to make any promises to companies about return on investment <laughs> when 50% of their participants want to truthfully want to leave. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's, there's, there's uncomfortable truths that come from these things. I think um, I'm involved in another leadership program this year that has a, an incredible statistic of 80% of people who change jobs after that program. Wow. And, uh, it, it's sort of it's pretty fascinating that to me uh, what I like about it particularly is that companies still put people through these programs acknowledging that there is that risk because what it says to me, the ones that do that knowing the statistic are really invested in the growth of their people, uh, whether that's inside or outside the company and that's quite a special thing absolutely and i'm just thinking like as a company you wouldn't want anyone around there who's not really aligned you know and i think it's it's unfortunately mm -hmm. like the way that a lot if not the majority of companies still operate it's like you just come and you do your job and there isn't like a level of deep caring for who you really are mm -hmm. and what's most important to you but totally agree with you mike like who actually still puts their people through this mm -hmm. like you know what i'm committed to your growth and if It's a bit like in a relationship, like I'm committed to your happiness and if it's not here, it's okay. It's okay for you to, it's okay for you to move on, you know, um, both for, for the betterment of the person and for the company. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> Guys, talk to me a little bit about your vision for the future and also what, what's coming next. I know there's some exciting things happening in Hawaii quite soon. So maybe touch on that a little bit and then what happens after that? What, what is your grand one to two to three year plan for mountains and marathons? <laughs> So we, we do have some exciting events coming up. Um, we've recently finished our Two Oceans Marathon Leadership Program and that, that has now sort of springboarded us into launching our San Francisco Marathon Leadership Program, which we're going to be facilitating in six weeks' time over in California. And then six weeks after that, we're going to be heading across to Nepal to lead our Mount Everest Base Camp Leadership Program, which will be graduating a few members there. And then after that, Uh, we're going to be heading to Hawaii uh, for the Honolulu Marathon Leadership Program. Now, I think perhaps the context that might be missing in this conversation so far, Mike, is the actual structure of our programs <laughs> because we don't just roll into retreats and then have people run a marathon. There's a bit that comes before that. So um, the, the structure of Mountains and Marathons is six, six months of online personal individual leadership coaching, team coaching, fitness coaching from our senior fitness coach, Michael Hagen from the US, and nutrition coaching from our lead dietitian, Pamela Ferguson, uh, who comes from Canada. And collectively, we form the coaching body that supports and guides all of our members across the course of six months to transform the areas of life that are most important to them. And naturally, inside of that is a health transformation that has them primed to run a marathon or climb a mountain at the end of the program as part of the retreat. So the retreat or the program that's, uh, that, that we're currently um, uh, marketing and, and bringing and building a team for is our Honolulu Marathon Leadership Program beginning in early July 
and then uh, being the retreat happening in December. Yeah. So that's very exciting. And then what have we got after that? And then we've got the next Kilimanjaro Leadership Program coming up in um, in mid-August. So Kilimanjaro is um, – that will be our first repeat program. We had our first retreat there um, <clears throat> in March this year, which was a huge success. And just because Kilimanjaro is a mountain that so many people are inspired um, to to climb and to visit Tanzania in that capacity, and we just thought, Let, let's do it again. It was an amazing experience. So – We'll do it again. It starts in August, and then at the end of January, we're gonna we're gonna be in Tanzania again to climb the mountain. So, probably something that's on everyone's minds is what kind of shape are you in as a result of all of this, both mentally and physically? Are you like are you rock solid? Are you in the shape of your lives? Is it sort of the dream? <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I wish I could say that, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> I'll speak for myself. Uh, having having endured. Uh, six major knee surgeries by the age of 24 and being told that I shouldn't do this sort of sport, um, the body naturally uh, takes a toll. So right now, I mean, I wouldn't say I'm in peak shape. I'd say I'm at a solid level of maintenance (laughs) and I do enough. I do enough to maintain good marathon fitness, uh, but not so much that I'm, you know, risking overtraining or or pushing the body um, beyond its limits. Having said that, uh, I'm significantly fitter and healthier than I've ever been. Mm. Um, now the que- now the the challenge really is just upholding that and maintaining that because uh, you know something that hasn't been mentioned yet is Jen and I really we, we take part in mm. all of the marathons that mm. our members do, uh, take part in as well. Yeah. What about you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> definitely um fitter than ever before having said that you know because we do this consistently and we constantly show up to to races and on mountains and so on um it is more about maintaining a really solid level of fitness versus for our members it's often you know they literally they are generally in the in the best shape of their life for most of them by the time we get to the retreat and then they've got the tools and the systems and the strategies and the knowledge to to continue that forward into whatever direction that they choose to take it. Um, for us, it's very much about maintaining a really healthy and a really fit level. And at the same time, acknowledging that over a two, three year period, like we go through our phases and we have our, you know, like the highs and the lows of the curve when it comes to how the body holds up and so on. <laughs> well, I mean, sorry, go ahead, Jen. So Mike, Jen can say, Jen can say what she wants. She's, Jen's never had an injury in her life. And so, if we talk about if we talk about you know how how our body's holding up, I think it's fair to say Jen can Jen's really got the pedestal on this one. <laughs> I'm curious um, to hear a bit about what you've learned for your own sort of physical and mental um, preservation, maintenance, and well-being that you didn't know before as a result of doing all this. And you know, you're in Mauritius right now, for example. Take me through how do you eat on a daily basis? How do you um, keep your minds sharp and how do you make sure you're rested and sort of in harmony uh, mentally? It's a great question, Mike, because the foundation, literally where mountains and marathons came from as a business was it literally started with the question of what lifestyle and quality of life do Jen and I want to have? Hmm. And then we, and then bringing our passions and our skill sets together is what then shaped a business model and a product that would enable us to exercise our greatest strengths in the areas that we want to grow the most and be responsible for having a quality of life that is aligned with how we with is aligned in a way that enables us to be who we want to be in the world. And so 
that has been at the forefront the whole way through because, you know, when Mountains and Marathon started, I was still healing from burnout. Mm. And so, you know, looking at like your classic startup, like hustle, grind, hustle, grind, I was like, no, <laughs> like, I don't want to do it that way. And so we've been really, you know, patient and considered with how we've, um, built the business and also taking care of ourselves at the same time. So to speak to some of the specifics, we are very intentional about having, um, you know, our seven and a half hour sleeps. We, we, we don't negotiate around that. We have a point in time in the evenings when we close the computer and go, that's enough. Now it's just time to sit, reflect, connect. Um, you know, we honour our training every day. Part of the mountains and marathons is it does demand us to be fit and healthy. It doesn't matter how much work we've got. We have to be training in order to show up for our members uh, and actually run this business with integrity. So we need to be mm. fit and healthy. Uh, and then I think on the diet side of things, one of the biggest transformations in my life um, was meeting Jen and Jen introducing me to, to veganism and, and living from a, a plant-based lifestyle. And so... I mean, Jen's been vegan for a lot longer than I have, but in the last two years in making that kind of um, lifestyle transition has enabled me to be, um, you know, leading a life, a life that is far more aligned with my values and also naturally you get great health benefits mm. um, from uh, from making that transition. So, I mean, sure, being vegan can be a bit challenging <laughs> travelling the world, but <laughs> overall... Um, Overall, our well-being is absolutely at the forefront of how we run our business yeah. and, and what we really encourage for our members. It's, it's actually what we facilitate for our members to, to get connected with as well. Yeah. Um, and what I add to that, Mike, on the specifics is we have a very specific set of morning and evening rituals, for instance. So every morning, and they're, uh, they're kind of different between Jamin and myself, but we generally meet up somewhere. Um, so, you know, we get up and have a shower and then we do our meditation and we do some mobility and strengthening exercises and have a healthy breakfast together. So there are very intentional ways in which we start our day. And the same thing in the evening. There's very intentional ways in which we close off our day to really bookend it. And we actually do the same for mountains and marathons. Like mountains and marathons has something like a morning ritual and evening ritual, which is just certain things how we make sure that every day um, the business is in a really stable in healthy place when we open it and when we close it in the evening. And that's also something that we support our members with to develop these rituals, to mm -hmm. not have every day just be hectic and all over the place and have really have power even, even when they travel, you know, and even when we're moving around and things don't quite go the way we want them to, or we have a meeting way earlier or later than we've planned to. It's like there are ways how you can set up your life and your day to still be grounded and to still be powerful in these situations. And that's actually one of the small but really significant things that our members get from the program we found. Just having that that certainty and that groundedness in their days. I think um, I just read Atomic Habits by James Clear. And yeah. uh, have you guys read that? Yeah. Yeah. So for me, I, I think a lot about habits now and try and you know think very carefully about the sort of. I, I'm always curious whenever I talk to people, what are your morning and evening habits? Because I think that what what you said before about marking marking the end and the opening of the end of a day and the opening of a new day are just critical times for reflection and and I think intent. So that's really good to hear. So is it true that you're actually going to fly out Humans of Purpose listeners to be part of this next uh, Hawaii Honolulu Marathon experience? Yeah, Mike. I mean, one of the things is we, we've one of one of the things that we really want to cultivate more of is working with uh, working with more Australians. 
and naturally not only Australians but also Australians who have a, have a have a purpose and have passion and have and want to make a difference. You know, these are the kinds of people that we really want to serve to level up in their life and leadership and health so they can really uh, leverage what they're doing and take it to another level. And so what we have is an opportunity for listeners of Humans of Purpose to join in on the Honolulu Marathon Leadership Program. And as part of that, we would be we would love to invite anyone who is a listener to be flown to the retreat uh, on behalf of Mountains and Marathons to, to take part and graduate the program over in Honolulu in December and also have part of the, uh, the six-month program. That's awesome. So we will include a link in the show notes. That's a very exciting offer for our listeners, and thank you for that uh, kind offer. And it's been great to you know have an association with um, two people who I care for deeply and I'm very inspired by in the work that you both do, and particularly in this mission together. So, guys, um, been terrific chatting. Uh, how can people um, connect with you and learn a bit more about your work if they'd like to do so? Yeah, sure. Um, the best place is our Facebook page um, called Mountains and Marathons. And on our website, you can find out everything about our programs and the upcoming programs that we're running. And that's www.mountainsandmarathons.world. <laughs> awesome. And do you guys um, like people to reach out individually to you? Are they welcome to hit you up on um, LinkedIn or Twitter or anything like that? Or you prefer Mountains and Marathons? Absolutely. Facebook. Facebook is best on that. Um, so that's um, Jamin's and my private Facebook accounts. And maybe feel free to link them in the show notes as well. We'd love to hear from people. Awesome. Well, I'm going to do that. So thank you guys so much for coming on the pod. Awesome. Thanks, Mike, Thanks, for having Mike. us. <laughs> If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you hit the subscribe button in your podcast player. Why not share the podcast with a friend? You could also leave us a five-star review in your podcast player. You may also want to join us for one of our regular live podcasts or to become a show sponsor. Learn more at humansofpurpose.com.au and be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook.